You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. My name is Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Regular season has come to an end. All 20 teams have played 68. Four are not continuing and 16 are. It's going to be a very fun, very big show uh, for us this week. Our playoff preview show should be a good one. We have eight very exciting matchups in round number one this year. Whether or not I'll go seven, I'll go four, or somewhere in between, I'm sure a lot of you out there will enjoy at least some part of all eight of these first round playoff matchups. We will get to that in segment number two. Of course, we'll give our thoughts on the final weekend in the Ontario Hockey League, get to the players of the week as well, as well as end-of-season awards that were handed out, tweeted out uh, on Monday throughout the day. We will get to those uh, as well here in segment number one. And, of course, if we get to it, uh, redraft of the 2020 OHL priority selection, if we have time. If not, um, that will be part of next week's show. But... uh, there's a good chance we don't because the playoff preview is usually a pretty big deal. So we will get to that after our first break. But right now, our thoughts on the weekend. Colin, Kingston, Niagara, Sault Ste. Marie, and Erie, all not part of the OHL playoffs this yeah. year. And I know this segment is going to be a little bit of, you know, good, bad. Our traffic report is going to come into play a little bit here. <laughs> um, I've got some thoughts on the uh, Niagara Ice Dogs faithful um, from Sunday's game against the Sarnia Sting. We'll get to that. Um, but but let's start with the teams that aren't going to be a part of the postseason, Colin. You know, three of these teams bidding for the Memorial Cup next season, of course, being Sault Ste. Marie, Kingston, and Niagara. Kingston really just missing out on that eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's almost you wanted it to come down to that last game in Oshawa. Kingston, Oshawa met at the Tribute Community Center to end the OHL regular season. This game wasn't even close. And not that Oshawa probably was going at 100%, just, of course, getting ready for the big task at hand the Ottawa 67s in round one of the playoffs, you know, a 10-2 final score, um, you know, maybe an audition for the Kingston Frontenacs, letting the rest of the league know that um, they're going to come back stronger than ever next year, uh, you know, wh- however you want to look at that. But, um, you know, Kingston Frontenacs really just missing out on the playoffs. And that was a team that I think you really thought had to make the playoffs for the future and yeah, for the yeah. development of the team, right? You know, just getting in, not that we're looking at a potential upset against the Ottawa 67s, but, you know, a team that could have very much so benefited from just an extra four games um, this season. Yeah, most definitely. I think Kingston's the team that would have most uh, benefited from the postseason out of the teams that did not make the playoffs. I mean, there are other three you could kind of see coming from the start of the year, and that was that one spot where you didn't know that last spot in the lottery that four spot and it was unfortunately for them the Kingston Frontenacs um Kingston to me I see a lot of system issues there when I watch them play um I don't know like I don't know what's going on there but when I watch them play I see a lot of system issues there a lot of clear-cut um 
things that you can see from the press box that isn't normal for competitive hockey teams. So that's a concern for me in the front office. But um, the thing that hurt the Kings and Frontenacs on the year was that three and three in the middle of February when they played at home against Mississauga, played Hamilton on Saturday and played Windsor on the Sunday and lost all three games. If you get a, if you get a couple points in that, you know, if you get a couple points overall in that weekend, you make the playoffs. And we talked about that right away. When Kingston had all those guys out, they had some suspensions, they had multiple injuries in the lineup. And that weekend, to me, was the weekend that decided the Kingston Frontenac season. Mm-hmm. After that, it felt like they were behind the eight ball. And I mean, hey, when you have to climb up multiple points, more than one point to get in the playoffs, but it's tough. Because if you're down two points behind the Oshawa Generals, you got to win twice um, to get in with the tiebreaker. So that's tough. Um, and then, unfortunately, the way it was with their schedule, it didn't help them at all down the stretch. But Kingston, I think it would have benefited them a um, tremendous amount. And I thought that roster was a playoff roster at the start of the season. But um, unfortunately, it didn't go that way for them. And, um, well, hey, the way the, lotter- the way the draft looks out, and even if the lottery goes as in order, one, two, three, and four, where the current teams are, Kingston's still going to get a very good player. I mean, if you're in the top 10 to 15 range, you're going to get a very good player in this draft. Um, there's interesting debate on to see what the draft lottery comes. And I mean, that's, it is on Wednesday evening at 6 p.m., by the way, Eastern time. Um, the draft lottery takes place, 40% chance. For the Ice Dogs, 30 for the Otters, 20 for the Greyhounds, and 10 for the Frontenacs. And it's interesting to see how that's going to go down um, and uh, see what takes place. But if the lottery goes as planned, I mean, we talk about the one spot. I know you're going to talk about the Ice Dogs. I mean, the one spot's a huge question mark. I don't think the projected number one overall pick is going to commit. I don't think the number two is going to commit. So I think you're looking at a D. Um, by the name of Matthew Schaefer going number one if the Ice Dogs have that pick because I think it's a safe pick from Hamilton area. Um, very good defenseman. Very good defense. They missed out on Sam Dickinson. Um, and if he's willing to commit, I think that's the pick they take. I mean, he's my second, third pick in the draft from what I saw this year. Um, very good defenseman at the OHL Cup. He's going to he's gonna show why he should be ranked number one, number two on the draft boards. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But I think that's the Ice Dogs pick if it goes one. And then Erie has a tough one because you got a guy from Pittsburgh. Um, and then you have Rubric one and two there in the rankings. And it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen um, with college recruit and stuff with Erie being a team in Pennsylvania. You have a chance to pick a local guy. That's an interesting debate, right? To see. Mm-hmm. But I doubt Rubric falls to three. But there's that up. There is that there is that sense where it possibly could happen to the Sioux Greyhounds. So that would be interesting to see what happens. But the best thing that would be for the for the draft and for the Niagara Ice Dogs is for them to not pick one because I doubt the pick commits after trading his brother. Especially the yeah, behind-the-scenes sure. things going on there. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. And and we'll, we'll get to my point I wanted to make about the Ice Dogs, Ice Dog fans. I mean, uh, shout-out to Ice Dog fans. They, they showed up all year long. Um, that, <laughs> that, that building that was – atmosphere, eh? Yeah, that that building was still loud more more nights than not, right? Despite the team only winning twelve games, despite the team uh, giving up three hundred and fifty seven goals um, th- this season, right? Um, it, it just bothers me when you see fans show up to the Meridian Center with, and it happened two or three times this year. Um, and it was the same fan actually. Um, so I'm going to call out this particular fan, even though I have no idea what your name is, but, uh, yeah, the same fan, um, bringing the hire a GM sign, but what, whether, whether it's There's true or not, yeah, whether it's true or not, um, 
Like, what, what are you doing? You don't like it, don't show up. And I mean, you're the fool because you bring a sign to chirp the team, yet you're still giving them money to be there. You're still buying hot dogs, buying booze, buying pop. You bought a ticket hey, to the game. That ice dog. Yeah, you are still giving money to the team Thank despite you. not agreeing with anything they've done despite not agreeing with the play on the ice, what's been happening in the coach's office. It shows the, how loyal they are. Yeah. In the, in the general in manager's the office, but that, that like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, like I said, a, you're an idiot if you don't like what they're doing, but you're still giving them money. So I find that absolutely hilarious. If you don't like yeah. it, don't show up. Sorry. I, that's, that, that's what yeah. I got to say, right? There's, there's plenty of other people that still enjoy Niagara ice dogs hockey. There's still plenty of people that just go to the Meridian center because they love the right. OHL, whether they're an ice dogs fan or not. So, you know, it's as, as much as this season sucked and it did for mm-hmm. the Niagara ice dogs, this season sucked. Uh, yeah. You, you just got to look well, the ahead, last three right? seasons. Yeah. Niagara the last three has, seasons was a complete joke. Yeah, and if f- that team if that team wasn't for sale, sorry, Reese, if that team wasn't for sale, there have been a lot more things that have come out as well. Yeah, like it's it's not like this is the first losing season in Ice Dogs history. It, and it won't be the last. I can guarantee that yeah. there will be crappy years ahead um, before this team actually puts themselves in a position to contend. You're going to see another year or two where they are, you know, not out of the playoffs, but in the bottom not four. Good of the Eastern conference, right? It's, it's yeah. it, new ownership. Well, if anybody expects new ownership will come in and immediately win it, it is a little, I, it, that's rare. Like we're not, there's, there's one Vegas golden Knights team and that that's a rare Seattle Kraken team year too. Yeah. But so, so, that, so, so the expectations have to be a little realistic here. And I mean, it, Darren DeDobler made trades to make his team better. He brought players that should have made the Niagara Ice Dogs a pretty decent team before the season started. You know, you see a Zito come in, you yeah. see a Rebo come in. Like you, you expect those guys to have a huge impact on the team. Just so happens a young coaching staff, first year in the Ontario Hockey League for a lot of the front office staff, a lot of the coaching staff. Coaching you know, staff. there were still certain they feelings. Rushed, uh, still certain feelings from players from last season that didn't necessarily want to be in Niagara anymore. Well, okay. Uh, the situation started to develop throughout the year that the ice dogs were not going to be a contender. You just have to live with it. It, it happens. Um, I think Darren DeDobler has admitted that there were some mistakes that he made this he, year. Yeah, and, he's been honest. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. You don't like it. Don't show up. Um, but th- like, don't be bringing a higher a GM sign t- sign to games. I don't, I don't like that at all. And that that was my two cents yeah. on the game on Sunday. It was a 10-4 loss to it to a good Sarnia Sting team. They really only sat three guys who are gonna have a very big impact on the team in the playoffs. You look at Ty Voigt, he didn't play. Uh Ethan Del Mastro didn't play, and Benjamin Godreau was not in the net. He backed up on Sunday. So, you know, it's it, yeah. it's still it's still a matter of the sting are good and the ice dogs aren't, and that's what reflected in the 10 to 4 score. But you know, by the way, there there are certain people the out way, there who didn't that. attend one game and thought they were an expert on the team, <laughs> despite asking, despite not asking any questions to anybody that was in charge, despite not you know wanting to have any interest in going to the games to cover the team. You know, they just hung out in, on Twitter and thought that they were an NHL insider. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's it, you just got to move on next. Oh, year. No, it it well. is what it is. 
you, you hope you get your first round picks to commit. You got two of them in the top five. That's what you got to look forward to now. So um, my rant yeah. is done for, for today, but that was, that was disappointing to see because it ruined an OA ceremony. That sign came out while the ice dogs were honoring their OAs. So yeah. yeah. Shout yeah, out to disrespect. that fan that's for, just... for um, doing something stupid. That was, well, that was not what very you see in all the pictures, right? All the pictures in the background now when guys are retired, they look at their junior pictures from that year because every player has their OA picture hung up in their basement walls in the background. You see hire a GM. That's kind of Bush League. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of that. And uh, by the way, Sarnia, 340 goal scorers this year. What a complete wagon that team is. That team that team might honestly, them and Windsor are my conference final. And look at them. Um, they're both loaded. Uh, Sarnia, there's no weaknesses. I mean, Nolan Burke's out on Sunday. Ty Voigt's out. Ethan Del Mastro's out. Godro's a backup. And, you know, you still win 10 to 4. Um, that team's loaded. That team's loaded. And for the Ice Dogs, I mean, the one thing that you always appreciate with Darren Dobler, at least there is some respect there because he's honest. He is an honest guy. If you cross him, well, then screw you. I mean, I should have that bleeped out, but no, you're screw fine. you. Could have said screw worse you. things. Absolutely, I could have. But yeah. like, if you don't like, if you cross him, that's like that's a business guy. He's a business guy, and um, there is a plan there. Obviously, it's tough. And the one thing where I agree with some of the players, you know, if there's people unhappy, which there are a lot of people unhappy with the season, and rightly so. I mean, you win 12 games, you should be upset. You should be upset. There should be a lot of people upset. Hey. And I'm sure you respect the heck out of that because, hey, that means you care. That yep, means you care. Absolutely. And I like the, and that's one thing about Niagara that I really like. That fan base cares. That mm-hmm. fan base is there. They show support, win and loss over the last three years, slash four years. That COVID year, the year that COVID got shut down, that team was not making the playoffs. That team was terrible. Mm-hmm. That team was terrible. So the last four years, three, four years, this franchise has been the worst team in the Ontario Hockey League. It's not the worst franchise, but play-wise, it has. It has. The value of getting the first overall pick for them is massive because it gives you the opportunity. Junior hockey comes in a cycle. One positive this year, Kevin He closing in on uh, Akil Thomas's rookie goal record. Kevin He, massive year. Zachary Lavoie has been very good for that team. Good pick. 29 up. goals for Lavoie. Asadorian works his living butt off yeah. day in and day out. There's three guys you can build around. Those are three guys. Yeah, it doesn't look like it, but those are three guys you can build around. All of a sudden, you see this draft. I'm talking to every single kid I draft in this draft. I'm talking to them. And if it's the 10th best player on my board and they come into my office when we host them, because they will host prospects at games. They've already have done that. Prospects that have been going to games for the last two months. Now, um, once the teams get beat out of their league playoffs and stuff, there's some time off. They will be at games. OHL teams will be hosting prospects. They've already had playoffs this week. There's going to be a ton um, leading up to the OHL Cup. For that matter, if I'm the Niagara Ice Dogs, I want a kid that comes into my office with some fire. I want some fire this offseason. I want people that want to be here. Mm-hmm. I want some fire. Um, one thing that really was hard to do with that, when you when you traded every single player on your roster, basically, it's tough to establish a team. I mean, when you're in a dressing room, when you're in a dressing room and you see a bunch, and you know, you see this guy one day, the next he's gone. Um, that's tough. 
that is tough. You don't know when you're going. Then you start to second guess. And then all of a sudden you can't focus on the game because you're focused on where you're going to be tomorrow. You can't do that. That's tough. Um, that, that was a negative part of this. That was one of the most negative things that happened to this team because you didn't trust the cycle. You didn't trust your team. And that's tough. You build that team. You got to stick with it. You got to stick with it. That's your team. That's your boys. You know, that's your team. Um, you got to stick with that. Um, that was tough to see all those moves. That was because you can see where where it was trending. You can see where the roster was trending. Because, hey, this team wasn't terrible the first five games of the season. Wasn't terrible. They played a different way. Um, it was probably the best hockey they played all year. Um, yeah. Wait, I know it was the best hockey they played all year in the first five. Yeah. Um, I think they rushed the coach. Yeah, you know, and no, off- no offense to Fitzy. Fitzy's a great coach. Um, but I think he was rushed in there. Um, Dan Fitzgerald was definitely rushed in there. He's a, he's a very good coach, very good coach. Um, and it's not his fault at all. He's a really good coach. He's going to get another job in this league. And, hey, he's been around the Hamilton Bulldogs arena, first Ontario center quite a bit this yes. year um, since the move from Niagara. So, hey, maybe there's a little tree going on there with uh, Jay McKee tree because Jay McKee loves to give those coaches chances. He got the chance in Hamilton. You can see the co- chances he's giving out here in Hamilton and coaches that are assistant coaches exceeding at that level that they are in and possibly moving on from the team next year for bigger and better things because they've exceeded expectations. They're so valuable to the Bulldogs right now where they have high value elsewhere for a promotion. So congrats to them if that ever comes about. But that Niagara Ice Dogs, you got it's a cycle. It's a, it's a three-year cycle. You know, you had he that had a big year. And if I'm – Right now, it's over. Right now, you are zero and zero, and yeah, I have zero expectations next year. Next year, no matter what they do, that roster they are going to be my last ranked team. You got to prove something. Yeah. You have to prove something. No matter what happens, if they get Rubric to commit, if they get Rubric and Schaefer one and five, and they both commit, they still have to show me. If they get one and five, and then they get. One of the best, like they trade for Colby Barlow, which won't happen. But I'm just saying, if they were to do that, I would still have them as the worst ranked team because I want to see them prove something. Mm-hmm. You have to prove it. This is the get it done league. It's not talking anymore. Um, no more talk. Every year, it's the same thing out of there. And as you mentioned, you got people that hide on their screens, and it's it's a joke. Um, no more talking. No more talking. It's time to get it done. Um, they know. They know what happened. Um, you would have to be a complete moron, it would, clueless to uh, think you had a good year there in Niagara. They know they didn't. They know they didn't. They put in the, for the Memorial Cup, and I can tell you right now, and by the way, that announcement's coming very shortly. Yes, it is. The Memorial Cup next year. But they know that they messed up. They know that. So why the heck? You know how embarrassing they would feel to be that team, Memorial Cup, after having 12 wins this year? whatever it was like, you know how embarrassing that would be that you're in on that bid because everyone on Twitter knows it. And we know it. If, if Saginaw doesn't get the mem cup, it shows that it's not the roster. It clearly shows it's not the roster. I think mm-hmm. Kingston's got the second best roster next year. And then I agree sewer right there battling out. but it's just tough. Like it would be embarrassing. It'd be gut wrenching to see that, right? Like you're in the Memorial Cup next year. You're putting all that time and effort and all that money into hosting the Mem Cup next year. But in the back of your head, you got to be embarrassed. Yeah. You know, it's got to feel sickening. And you don't want that. 
And I guarantee you the year end meetings that happened on Monday, um, locker room cleanout day, I guarantee you that message was you guys got to work your butts off. I don't think any job's safe. Um, after seeing what happened last year, I think that they'd like to get their work done before training camp this year instead of during the season. Yeah. But I can see a lot of moves being made, and I can see some big moves and a big effort here um, coming into that front office. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I know there's been – I mean, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes about teams and some guys being unhappy elsewhere with players, with playing time. And we talked about this all year, about guys that have big games in the next round, the third line. You know, Niagara, Zachary Lavoie wanted to go to Niagara. He he wanted to go to Niagara. Lavoie, for, for that matter, had interest from other teams, but chose to go to Niagara because he wanted to be a guy. He wanted to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just shows that guys actually want to be in Niagara. No matter how bad it is, guys want to be there. So that's a positive still, that guys want to be there. Because Lavoie could have went to other teams, but he chose Niagara. And Mississauga chose Niagara because he'd get playing time, and he could have been the guy. So – Interesting to me, but Niagara definitely has a lot of work to do. And um, I hope they get it turned around. I really do. I mean, I know Darren personally. Um, I hope that they get things turned around there in Niagara, but I really do. It's a great organization. It's a great fan base. And to be honest, yes, it was a mess this year. It was a complete mess this year. Everyone knows that. But the years before, it was a mess too. It was a mess before. A lot of stuff that didn't come out um, for good reason didn't come out that was behind the scenes um, before all that happened too last year. So it's a mess there, but um, definitely I think there's a plan in place and I think they got some big guy that some big moves lined up in the off season for sure. And they will make one of them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, let's get to the player and goaltender uh, of the week and well, then hit the award. I just want to mention, I just want to mention two things. Is that okay? Yeah. I, I just wanted to mention OA Appreciation Week. Um, shout out to all the OAs. Obviously, there's too many. Li- there's not a list long enough for all the OAs that we've had in the league this year. But I just want to say congratulations to all the inter- all the OAs that have played their last game or who are going into their last playoffs. Um, con- congrats to those guys on a great career and all the best. And it was funny. I saw a tweet yesterday of Mark Duart, and I retweeted it. Mark Duart, right? Sault Ste. Marie Greyhound was such a big part of that Bulldogs run last year and you know you had that connection there so um you know mark comes into hamilton and you know he had to work on skating all of a sudden he has a very good career in the ontario hockey league out of it goes to nashville's camp and um all the best to those guys um i'm pulling for them hopefully they get a chance in a professional contract or hey all the best in new sports and get that education um the scholarship package is a great tool in the Ontario League. One of the best things about the CHL is scholarship package. So all the best for your future endeavors um, to all the OAs. I just want to mention that. And also Scott Wilson's final game between Barry Ottawa, linesman, um, the mic up on the OHL slash 67 social media. Um, what a touch for your last game to be mic'd up. So um, congrats on a great OHL career, Scott. And um, I just want to mention that one too before um, we get to players of the week. Uh, Colin McKenzie is the final OHL goaltender of the week in the regular season. Anyways, um, yeah. And I'm going to mention his season stats here quickly. And uh, wow. Uh, is all I can say this last week with the Ottawa 67s. Uh, he was three and goals again, goals against average of 1.35, a save percentage of nine fifty three, stopped 81 shots. 
over those three victories. Why? And just to kind of give He's a you battler, an idea, man. Yeah, just to kind of give you an idea of how good he was uh, this season, he had a record of 21, 2, and 3. His season goals against average is 1.88. Save percentage of 9.28. He played in 30 games, or appeared in 30 games, I should say. Of course, he didn't start all of yeah, they rotated those there. games. Yeah, Um just what what a player. Um, definitely think that we, I mean, Denoso kind of with some uh, injury issues uh, towards the latter half of the season the there, the last there. weekend. Yeah, but um, yeah, Colin McKenzie, uh, have a season and have a have a final weekend because uh, yeah, you definitely deserve one hundred percent. Hopefully, a future show guest. Yes, yes, I like Tim and Water. He's a battler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was really good for Waterloo in his minor midget year. He put, kept them in a lot of games. Um, very good goaltender. He's a battler. He's a battler to make saves. A good competitor. So I like him. And uh, not just because of his name, first name, but a good player. Um, he's going to be a very good goalie in this league. And the figures Ottawa has another one after DiPietro, Andre, and then you go to Denoso and McKenzie. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Hey, they've had a pretty good streak. Cranley eh? too. Yeah. 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 Uh, OHL player of the week, Ethan Miedema of the Kingston Frontenacs, six goals and two assists for eight points um, in three games for the Kingston Frontenacs. He was also a plus six in the final weekend where the Kingston Frontenacs just missed out on the playoffs. Since joining the Frontenacs, nine goals and 12 assists, that's 21 points. Uh, in 32 games, of course, the uh, deadline acquisition for the Frontenac, Shane Wright going the other way uh, for uh, this to the Spitfires. You know, in 68 games this season, can't say he didn't miss any time. Can't say he wasn't effective because he played in all 68 games this season between Windsor and Kingston. He had 52 points uh, in 68 games. So, um, you know, a nice way to end end your season. Um, a nice way to. Uh, to finish off right in a season that probably you know is not where he wanted to be. He was expecting to be a, a part of a contender heading to the OHL uh, uh, playoffs. That obviously didn't happen, but uh, you know what? You take it for what it is. You look at a new opportunity in Kingston, and he finished off the season the right way, right? Still, still giving it one hundred and ten percent. So, uh, Ethan Miedema, Ethan Miedema, Kojiko OHL Player of the Week to finish out the regular season. Also, the End of regular season awards. Hamilton Spectator Trophy was in Hamilton last year. Uh, it goes to the nation's capital uh, this year. Ottawa 67's best record in the regular season. 51-12-3-2. That was good for 107 points. That's where it was going before, too, Ottawa. Yeah. Before, yeah. For the shutdown. So it stays in the East. Yeah. Uh, Spectator Trophy, that's their sixth. Um, it also includes, uh, you know, winning it in 2020, 2019, uh, 1997, 1982, as well as 1978 gave up a league low 171 goals and they were 29, four, oh, and one at TD place. So 
Um, just had to mention that before we move on from that. Um, taking home the Eddie Powers trophy as the OHL top scorer. What a player. Uh, Matthew Maggio in 66 games, 111 points, 54 goals, and 57 assists. He is ready to lead his Windsor Spitfires back to the OHL yeah. Championship Series. Um, taking home the best tandem award is what I call it. Um, the Ottawa 67's goaltenders were yeah. absolutely spectacular um, this season. We already mentioned this Colin was a lot. Yeah, I already mentioned Colin McKenzie's stats. Max Donoso, 47 games played, a 2.72 goals against average. Uh, save percentage of 898, and he was 30 and 12 on the season. Yeah, that's solid. Who would you say the runners up are? I would say Costanzo Anuska, and then I would go Bruce yeah. Bowen, Robertson, Devin Santis, North Bay. I would North say Bay. so. Yep, not basing it off of stats. I would say those are the next two. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But congrats to those guys in Ottawa. I mean, that kind of was locked. That was kind of a lock um, for those guys to win the goaltending tandem award. Um, you kind of knew that where it was going, but there were a couple other good tandems that I just want to shout out. Costanzo and Uska were incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, what a trade that was for the Windsor Spitfires getting Costanzo from the Niagara Ice Dogs. And then London, Zach Bowen and Brett Rochoux, what they did. I mean, Zach Bowen, um, who has an award coming up as well, has been big. And then Robertson and uh, Steven Santis and North Bay have both been good as well. Yeah, you just mentioned them. That's the next award on the list, uh, Zach Bowen. <laughs> Taking home the uh, F.W. Dinty Moore Trophy. Um, the best rookie goals against average. That goals against average was 3.10 in 26 games. He was 17-4. and four. Save percentage, just a hair under 900 at .899. So um, definitely, again, joining Brett Brochu, one of the uh, one of the best tandems in the Ontario Hockey League. So... Um, yeah, just to finish it off, just to name those awards to finish out uh, the regular season, a couple, and there's like three rookie goaltenders next year who are going to play massive roles Carter, George, and Owen Sound. He's going to be massive. Um, because the what the goaltending situation has been in Owen Sound this year, I mean, you don't know what it is going to the playoffs, who's going to start, who isn't. Um, but Carter, George had to get a nine games this year with the Owen Sound attack when he was out there. And um, Ryerson leaders in Mississauga is going to be bigger than Zach Bowen and London. Those three goaltenders, wow, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to see those 04 returnees there, 0405s with um, Costanzo and Windsor get his opportunity to be the full-time number one. And then you're going to yeah. see McKenzie slash Denoso in Ottawa. That's going to be good seeing McKenzie get the chance. Um, those guys are going to be huge next year. Um, those young goaltenders, those five leaders, Bowen, Costanzo, McKenzie, um, those guys are going to be great. Yeah, and to, and to stay close to us, uh, you throw David Igorov into the mix, right? You expect him and either yeah. Malbuff and Drobak um, to be the tandem in, they in Hamilton. They have a big decision so. to make there. Yeah. Yeah, they have a big decision to make there. I wonder if half half the year Igorov is in Hamilton again for the Kilty Bees. Depends what happens there mm-hmm. with, and what their OA spot is. All right, time for a break. Uh, We are already halfway done the show, and we haven't even talked about the playoffs. So that is next 
Uh, it should be a fun discussion. We will look at all eight playoff matchups in round number one. We will give you our predictions and who's going to win the series, how many games it's going to go, and what excites us the most about all of them. So that is next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. My name is Reese Demani along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. The link for our website is up there as well. And of course, you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. That includes Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course, the Bulldogs Audio Network. Playoff preview, Colin. Um, it, this is going to be a fun segment. Really looking forward to this um, to kind of finish out the show and get everybody ready for the 2023 OHL playoffs. <laughs> and we're going to start. Where you can play it, we can play it. Absolutely, yeah, we can. <laughs> uh, Western Conference. Stay with the last. Uh, we're going to go one versus eight. The Windsor Spitfires in first place, 44, 18, 4, and 2, 94 points on the season. They get the eighth place in the standings, Kitchener Rangers. On paper, you same thing as last really, year. You don't really see them as the eighth place team. They finished the regular season 33, 29, 6, and 0 with 72 points. This one. Sounds like it could be a lot more fun than a lot of one versus eight matchups that we've seen in recent it's years. It's like the two seven last year, them in London. Yeah. And Windsor is a true number one. Windsor's the favorite right now to win the OHL title going into the playoffs. In my opinion, Windsor's a team that's going to win. Um, they're the best team in the league right now. I know Ottawa, they're the best record and have the most wins. But Windsor, in my opinion, by watching them play, Windsor's the best team in the OHL right now. Um, them and Sarnia right there one and two in the west in my opinion and when i see windsor i mean this team's loaded this team's dangerous and they're hungry after last year losing in game seven right when you're so close to winning and it doesn't come there and you keep that core together for the most part obviously you lose a couple of guys you lose johnson you lose cooley those are big guys um but they did a great job building this team into another contender mm-hmm. and uh maggio's come back he's been hungrier than ever um you know that hurt last year that hurts and you lose a game seven like that on the road. This year it goes through them unless they play Ottawa. So it's interesting to see what will happen there. But Windsor-Kitchener is going to be interesting because Kitchener is not your prototypical eight team. Um, this team's good, and it's interesting, right? Yeah, on Sunday afternoon against a lot of nights, Kitchener, no Pinelli, no Costantini in goal, a few guys out for the Rangers. Do you think that's an instance where they either have – they're comfortable with playing Windsor, they'd rather play Windsor over London, or they're just injured and banged up and they need that extra time off? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, I think I think it's a combination of both, right? Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think with Mike, what Mike McKenzie has done since taking over, as we um, <laughs> kind of look early. back on what happened <laughs> a few years ago, um, you know, it's it's almost like you know they they threw out what Chris Dennis um, had been preaching and just immediately jumped on board with, with Mike McKenzie. It's weird how that happens, but, I mean, you know, some some coaches do, just don't fit, right? And that that's kind of the situation yeah. you had in Kitchener here, right? You tried it, it didn't Players work. Players don't fit the coach either. 
Yeah, and exactly. And I, I think, you know, you definitely look at guys being being banged up, right? This is playoff time. You know, the injury report is always going to be guys are banged up. It, it, it's always that way heading <laughs> into the playoffs. And of course, um, you know, looking at the middle of a OHL championship series. But uh, with the Kitchener Rangers, I think, yeah, it, it's a lot of comfort playing Windsor and, and London, right? It's almost you look at the end of the regular season and it was Sarnia that was the team you didn't want to play because they were hot. Like they're hot at the yeah. right time. Right. And I mean, you know, the Windsor Spitfire six and four in their last 10. Yeah. They're over 500 to end the regular season. London Knights four and six. Still, they're around that 500 mark in their last 10 games at the end of the regular season. But uh, you know, for Kitchener, I think it was focusing on getting the depth players some action heading into the playoffs, right? Because Kitchener's going to have to lean on their stars because they are not going to have home ice advantage ever in the playoffs this yeah, yeah. year. They will not be at home once. Road until, Warriors. You know, yeah, unless, some tough road games. Unless unless we see a, uh, you know, a, a Kitchener-Oshawa OHL championship or a Kitchener-Mississauga or a Kitchener-Hamilton OHL championship. That probably won't happen. But um, yeah, there's, yeah, a, there's a 98% chance that yeah. doesn't happen. 2% chance it does. Yeah. yeah, but but they're 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 going to be have to be the road warriors, right? Where March Madness, yeah. we're getting down to the final four. Uh, they're going to have to expect to be the Cinderella team and expect to go six or seven games in every series in the playoffs if they want to go well, deep, right? So I think a lot of it has to do with the rest, tough. and a lot of it has to do with. We're going to see the London Knights at some point. We understand what they bring to the table. Sorry, it's not necessarily that. a situation that we have to play all of our guys in game number 68. Yeah. And it's tough, though, right, when you're in the eighth spot playing Windsor, who's the second-best team, arguably the best team in the Ontario Hockey League. It's tough to use that cliche, well, it's a new season, right? It's hard to Very use that if you're so, Kitchener yeah. in this spot because Windsor's so good. Yeah. It's tough to say, oh, well, it's a new season. But for Kitchener, I mean, you got a good roster. It's the best eight seed I've saw maybe in my lifetime. I'm gonna be I'm 24 years old. It might be the best I've saw um in an eight spot. I don't think I've saw a better team in the eight spot other than Kitchener in my lifetime. So so what's your prediction for this series, Windsor and Kitchener? Are we looking at an upset? Are we looking at Windsor just cruising through round one? And I don't think they're gonna cruise, but um yeah. What, what, what do you see this series being? Who takes it? Well, it reminds me a lot of last year, right, with that um, first round where Windsor won in six against the Sarnia Sting, where, hey, Sarnia played pretty good in that series, a lot better mm-hmm. than people thought. I, I think um, I think Windsor's going to win this in six games. Yeah. That, that's what I have as well. I think the Windsor Spitfires come out on top as well. Um, you know, and the, the one big factor for the Kitchen Rangers – that will help them get to six or possibly seven uh, will be Marco Costantini just being an OHL championship champion from last year. Um, you yeah, know, kind of yeah. what we saw with Godro and the Sarnia Sting. He was really the biggest reason they got to six. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I think Windsor takes it as well and they move on uh, to round two. Uh, second matchup, two <laughs> versus seven. London Knights, 45, wow. 21, and two, 92 points. On the season, they get the Owen Sound attack, who won game number 68 to put themselves into seventh place in the Western Conference. They finished the year with 30 wins once again, 33, 28, 6, and 1. They have 73 points heading in 
to the OHL playoffs. Not sure we're looking at an upset here against London like we saw last year. But then again, it's Owen Sound. They play the type of game that nobody really wants to play. Colby Barlow has the ability to absolutely take over games. Um, you know, obviously when fully healthy, a bit banged up there at the end. But yeah. um, you know, I think I think this is a much clearer situation than maybe Windsor and Kitchener. But you know, still, it's it's a it's an interesting matchup. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's interesting, right? Because I think Owen Sound can score. I think Owen Sound has the scoring power to play with London, um, which is the thing. And I think they play the right way, Owen Sound. I think they play tough. And I think the one way you want to play the London Knights is you want to play tough um, against that top line, especially. You want to play tough in their face. Um, it's going to be interesting because London has some guys here that can play hard, get under your skin. I mean, Humpy, Ryan Humphrey's going to play hard. Um, Max McHugh plays on the line. They got a couple guys. Landon Sim plays with a little bit of an edge. As well, they have some guys too that can play that role. So it's going to be interesting. Um, big thing to me is how far is Owen Sound's goaltending going to be able to play? How how is it going to hold up? How's their goaltending going to hold up? Who's going to play? Who's going to play? Shenard or Volteri? Because George won't. So it's either Volteri or Shenard. Shenard was EOA who had so much promise coming into the season, playing so well against Flint last year in that playoff series, and it just hasn't worked out that way. This year, and it happens oftentimes. We've seen that a fair bit with forwards, defense, and goaltenders in this league where one year they look really good and you're excited for them that next year and you just don't get it. You, you just don't see the improvement. You see the same, and the same isn't really an improvement. And um, it's been there this year for Owen Sound, the goaltending. And in the playoffs, you need goaltending. And London, I mean, Brett Brochu, right, probably pretty hungry after last year. He's only played in one playoff performance. And he played all 135, 145 games already. Um, so and you only play in one round of the playoffs in your junior career. So this is interesting um, to see what happens in this series. Very intriguing. Uh, I'm going to go London in five, but it's it's up to see how Owen Sound gets their guys back. I mean, I doubt Gavin Bryant comes back. It'll be interesting to see if he plays in the playoffs or not. I know it's the goal, but guys like that, they got to be in the lineup um, ASAP against them. And um, the depth, the depth, right? If you if those lines aren't out. Teams like London, I mean, they have the depth this year. Um, they made those moves, and they've gotten guys that have won before in Winterton, Humphrey, Diaco. Yeah. That's why they made those moves. In my opinion, I got to go London in five. The goaltending is in favor of London. Defense is in favor of London. Goal scoring, I mean, with Kobe Barlow, but Barlow you can zone in on, right? Yeah. London, with, when you have it, when you have depth, you can zone in. You know how Dale Hunter is in the playoffs, and congratulations, by the way, on win number 900, 901. Now he sits that he got it on Saturday night in Windsor. And a cool video on the London Knights social media as well after the game with the water uh, shower mm-hmm. in the dressing room. So congrats, Dale, on 900 wins. Great tribute video for um, before a 901 victory against uh, Kitchener on Sunday as well, where he had Matthew Tuchok, the Rupert twins, um, Bo Horvat, uh, a few London Knight alumni on the video board to congratulate Dale Hunter on his 900th win. So congrats to Dale on that. And um, I got to go London in five. I'm with you, London and five as well. Um, I think for Owen Sound, it's not just about containing the scoring up front for London. Um, there, there's a Old lot time. of firepower on the blue line. Um, I, you know, Logan mm-hmm. Mayu can 
very much so take over a game offensively. Not that he will in the playoffs, of course. You know, he's able yeah, to Isaiah take certain George risks. Too. Like, you have to be sure. Exactly. Isaiah George is that next guy I was going to mention, right? Numerous times we've seen him below the goal line, setting guys up in front of the net, you know, creating space for himself to get the puck on goal yeah. and, and try and snipe one home, right? It's about containing the blue line as well offensively. Not so much about, you know, of course you got to watch out for the, for the winter tins and, um, you know, for George Diaco and, and McHugh, right? But, you know, there, there's a lot of offense that can come from the blue line, right? So you got to contain the forwards and you got to contain um, the defense in the offensive zone. So, uh, yeah, London and five, I think a lot of people are looking at, but uh, uh, yeah, Owen Sound has to defend and uh, be good in the net. So um, that's our two seven preview. Three versus six. Intriguing. Potentially one of the hottest teams. Yeah, one of the hottest teams heading into the OHL playoffs. Sarnia Sting, 41, 18, 5, and 4. 91 points on the season. They get the six-seeded Guelph Storm. 35, 28, 4, and 1. 75 points on the season. The Guelph Storm definitely turned it around in the second half of the season, able to salvage themselves you know, into the middle of that Western Conference, right? We were kind of looking at them as, you know, maybe they'll squeak in as the eighth seed and get Windsor or London in round one. Um, they're able to move up, and not that the Sarnia Sting is an easy task, but, uh, uh, yeah, they get the 3-6 matchup this year against Sarnia. It's not... Oh, it, I think it's very easy to take the Sarnia Sting uh, in five games, just the way that they've been playing throughout the last month of the season. Um, but but Guelph has the X factor of of Patrick Lever, right? You you like their chances to steal a game or two in a series like this because of who they have in the net. Yeah, you know I like Lever in net. Um, we're starting. We saw a little bit of holes there, and now we started to see him play good again, which is a bit good timing from. For you to play good again, out some success. Um, big thing is Bushinger Allen, right? You're starting to see consistency. Yeah. Allen had a tough start, but you're starting to see Allen's play get better. You're starting to see Bushinger play pretty good. Um, Nemestikov's having a good year. That trade, right? Pastajov goes to Sarnia. Nemestikov goes to Guelph. You're going to see how that trade worked out in this series firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, veteran defense on Sarnia, big Delmastro, I think, could be an absolute force in this series. I think he's going to be incredible. Um, Ben Godro, though, right? Lever can play all he wants. When you have Godro on the other end in Guelph, you're only going to get about 25 to 35 shots a game on Godro compared to 35 to 45 on Lever. Yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting. Um, Lever's got to admit, Lever, you can only give up two or less, or you're not going to win this series against Godro if he's on. Yeah. Um, this year, in the games that we have saw, I mean, how many games can Sarnia win low scoring because they got the goaltending and they got the defense, right? And you know they're going to score. They have three 40-goal scores. Mm-hmm. So you know Sarnia is going to score goals. So it's interesting. I'm going to go Sarnia in five. Um, I really think – I like Guelph. I thought Guelph was going to have a better year than what they had. I like Lever. I like Nemestikov. I like Allen. I like um, Bushinger. I like their team. But when you got a guy like Del Master, who's one of the best defensemen in the league um, – when you have guys like Pastajov, Voigt, and Burke who are lighting it up, um, Dalbel Balouz, who I haven't even mentioned yet, um, this team's just got depth. They have depth, and um, it's interesting to see what happens. And uh, yeah, I have Sarnia in five. Yep, I do as well. 
Um, they're just they're just so good. This uh, the Sarnia staying up and down their lineup. Um, one of the most complete teams um, in the OHL playoffs this season. So yeah, I take them as five uh, in five as well. Uh, that fourth and final first round playoff matchup on Battle of Michigan, Saginaw and got Flint. It. Saginaw finishes as the four seed, 36, 27, 3, and 2, 77 points on the season. Flint Firebirds, 35, 28, 4, and 1. They win the tiebreaker over the Guelph Storm. Flint, 8 and 2. Heading into the playoffs, the Saginaw Spirit, of course, being the lone team bidding for the Memorial Cup next year. Uh, 0-3 coming into the postseason. Uh, So, again, however deep you look into that is up to every individual person. But I think we're in for one hell of a series. I think we're looking at six or seven games in the Battle of Michigan. And I think the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is how full both buildings will be for every single and, game in this series and opposing fans in the enemy territory yes. as well. Fans yeah. traveling. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, five, three, one, and one, in their last 10 are the Saginaw spirit. And then eight and two are the Flint firebirds in their last 10. Um, Flint, I'm excited to see what can happen here. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see how these teams go, right? Um, Saginaw started off so hot. It's going to be interesting to see how far Lennox can take them. Good opportunity for Tristan Lennox. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there with Cranley in that as well in the Flint goal. But I'm going to go Flint and six. But my but in my heart, in my heart, it's got to be seven games. It has yes. to be seven games. Absolutely. So I'm going to I'm going to say this right now. My mind says Flint and six, but I got to go with my heart. I got to go hockey gods, Flint in seven games in Saginaw. I am sorry, Saginaw fans. I I love you guys. Um, I love Saginaw, but I got to go Flint in seven. I think Amandeus Lombardi, Riley Pierce, Dimitri Kuzman, this team. I mean, the list goes on. I like their depth in this series against Saginaw as a five seed. And that's the whole point of the five force here is you want it to be close. And in the West, it's definitely close. And I'm going to go Flint and seven over the Saginaw spirit. Yeah, I, I really have it in seven games as well. Um, you know, it, it's really a toss-up for me, right? It's 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 one of those series that, you know, if you pick one team, then you're like, okay, I didn't really, you know, it could have gone either way. Like I had, I had the other team and it's just, it, it's tough, right? Like I, I like Flint. I like the ability for Amadeus Lombardi to take over a series um i like the idea that he can put the rest of the team on his back and just just show them the way right he can get the guys to buy in um i like ted dent as a head coach i think he has uh the flint firebirds and a really good system there in flint he he's able to get the players to understand what he wants and i think it's big especially coming into a series like this that they went to a western conference final last year they went to a game seven um in the western conference finals last year so i'm taking the flint firebirds as well um i'd love seven games that would be that would be unreal at the dow but i think flint wins on home ice in six um so Mm -hmm. that's where i'm going um with that one so there's the west to the eastern conference the one versus eight ottawa 67s 
Hamilton Spectator Trophy champions. Um, they go 51, 12, 3, and 2 for 107 points. Oshawa Generals, 26, 36, 1, and 5. They get 58 points. Squeaking into that eighth seed in front of the Kingston Frontenacs. Tough to ignore that 10 to 2 loss in the final game of the regular season against the Frontenacs. But I don't think a whole lot of people are looking too far into this one just because of how good Ottawa is. And the fact that this might be the one series that you could just see Ottawa wipe away the Generals in four. Yeah, I'm going to go. It's Oshawa has. Oshawa's banged up. Oshawa's banged up. There's a lot of injuries there. They, But they do play hard. Oshawa does play hard. They do have some physical guys up front. I mean, Butler's going to play hard. Um, Rubric has been very good for them. That was a really good trade. Um, as we speak about steals this year, that was a really good trade for them. Oshawa does play hard, and they do play physical. That's one thing that I look at. Can Oshawa play hard against those big guys on Ottawa? Mm-hmm. The thing is, guys like Logan Morris, and you can hit them all you want, but they're, they're okay. Their, their personality is they're okay if like that. Um, we saw we saw Morrison firsthand in Hamilton last year, and you can hit Logan Morrison all you want, but you really, as Peter Bro did in round one, yeah, it doesn't really affect Logan Morrison. Um, so it's the other guys that are going to be interested to see how physical they can play against them. You want to play physical in your face against the other team's best players if you're Oshawa. Maybe there's a chance it goes five, maybe, but a lot's going to have to go right for Oshawa in this way. Um, I'm excited to see what Seneca can do in the playoffs. Richie, more eyes on him uh, for the draft. But I'm going to go Ottawa in five. I'll give him a win. I'll give him a win. Ottawa in five. I'm not so jealous. I think Ottawa's winning in I, four. Um, and I think they outscored the Generals by at least six in round one. So I think game one could be tough, honestly. I think game one could be tough because Osh for the battle to get in. And I think game one can be tough. It's in Gatineau, Quebec. Um, it's yeah, that's also range. tough. That's also, I think game, yeah. I think if Oshawa is going to win a game, it's either going to be game one or game three. They don't win game one or game three. They're not going to win, but hopefully for the league standpoint, they do. So don't, don't want any sweeps, but it will be tough. Uh, two versus seven, the North Bay battalion champions of the central division go 48, 17, two and one in the regular season, 99 points on the year. Riding an 11-game winning streak into the postseason. They take on the seventh-seeded Mississauga Steelheads, 31-31, 6-0 for 68 points in the regular season. North Bay is the hottest team on paper going into the OHL playoffs. As I mentioned, they've won 11 games in a row. Um, Their goal differential, as we... uh, uh, as we head into the postseason, plus 102. Now, of course, the Ottawa 67 is much better in that category, but North Bay goaltending does not give up a whole lot. Their defense does not give up a whole lot. Um, Ty Nelson, show guest, not a big deal. <laughs> um, but, but North Bay made the right moves to make themselves a complete team. They didn't yeah, go out did. and just get stars. They got guys that shaped Depth. their team Literally. into a championship contender, right? You talk about, oh, let's go out, get scoring, more scoring. Let's just outscore our opponents. 
North Bay didn't really do that. They made themselves a rounded out complete team. And that's why I think this is going to be a really tough series for the Mississauga Steelheads, especially with a team that sold as much as they did. No Beck, yeah. no Del Balboa, no good. Del Mastro. Like, yeah, they were still a very good hockey club following the trade deadline. But but it's really hard to look at the North Bay Battalion and see them losing more than two games or losing more than one yeah. game. Sorry, against the Mississauga Steelheads. That's why I have North Bay winning in five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, second straight year that they're heading um, into the postseason as a uh, as a top team in the regular season, right? Back to back Central Division championships, back to back years as the second seed. You know, fans are really excited for what the battalion can do this season, right? Because I don't think that you know we we look at them and under think that they're going to be anything less than a conference finals appearance again. I don't think we're going to see that at all. I think North Bay has a ticket already booked for yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals just based off of what they've made their team into. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. I And I agree with you. I'm going North Bay in five as well. Um, Ryerson Leaner is a 16-year-old goaltender. It's tough to go into the 16-year-old goaltender and expect to win more than one game in a series. I mean, this saga, props to James Richmond. Um, at the trade deadline. I mean, they got better. Uh, they definitely got better, and this is a positive step forward. Um, I don't think it was a great year for Mississauga in general when the way you hear everything from an outside perspective at the beginning of the year, how, oh, we're going to be a second-round team. This team's a contending team, right? Mm-hmm. Del Blues, Del Mastro, this team's going to be really good back, and then it goes like the way it did. So there's been ups and downs with Mississauga this year. I mean, deep down inside, everyone heard what was said there and the way things were covered at Mississauga at the start of the year. The way I took it is this team was going to be good. And it wasn't – I mean, you're in seventh place in the East, so it's not great. Um, It was kind of the opposite. But they did well this year. For a selling team, they did well. Since Mm -hmm. the deadline, they they had a perfect second half since the deadline. They had no nothing wrong there. Um, Ryerson Leaners has been incredible. Um, I'm going to go North Bay in five as well. Three versus six. Gary Torres, 42, 17, six, and three. They have 93 points in the regular season against the defending OHL champions, the Hamilton Bulldogs, 33, 30, and five. They have 71 points in the regular season. A team that limped into the playoffs. Uh, losers of five yeah. in a row. Barry Colts, 8-1-0-1 in their last 10 games uh, of the regular season. It's, I, I, think no, you, no. I, I think it's easy to say Hamilton definitely would have preferred Peterborough in round one. Uh, but not to say that you don't expect the series to be competitive, right? The teams were 2-2 two and two in the regular season, in the season series. No, there. I I see this being and against where you're similar. Yeah, I see this being a very entertaining series. Like, I mean, it's I I think we're going past five games. I think we see at least six. Um, yeah, and I think it's the Barry Colts that are going to come out on top, and that's just based solely on that they have Brent Clark, um, but and Marty Williamson, who I'm still a huge fan of as a coach, as a general manager, as a, just someone in the OHL in general. 
Um, but, but I think this is very cult series to take. I think they take it in six games. Um, but you're going to see a lot out of this six seated Hamilton Bulldogs squad, right? Youngest team in the OHL. Yeah. It's, it's not just going to be, you know, we made it into the playoffs as a seller, like Mississauga or Oshawa, you know, we're, we're hungry. We're ready to go. And, you know, it's exciting, right? Jay McKee is, is going to have his guys ready to go right away. Yeah, this series is going to be interesting, right? I look on paper and I think, and I know I have respect for Anson Thornton, but, hey, I respect the heck out of Mateo Drobeck, Tristan Malbuff. I mean, Mateo Drobeck was around that team last year. I give the edge in goaltending to Hamilton in the series. Defense defense with Brent Clark, Braden Hache, they definitely have a good defense group there. And Barry, mm-hmm. Hamilton, Artem Grushnikov, uh, Noah Van Vliet, um, those guys are going to be big. Um, Jordan Donovan, Lucas Moore, um, Cedric Chinoki Tundu, those guys are going to have to play big roles for you and Hamilton um, for the opportunity. And then there's going to be an opportunity for the young guys up front as well, Nick Lardis, and uh, a guy by the name of Sahil Panwar, who has been incredible for them. And I think he's going to have a massive first round, to be honest, Reese. I think this series goes seven games. I really do. This Hamilton team, and I mean, and I'm not saying this because we cover the team um, and we're around the team. Every, day in and day out. But the big thing I take away from this team is there's a lot of character there. But when you look at the way the style this team plays, and for instance, after the trade deadline, after the trade deadline, this team had zero business of even being a playoff team, let alone fighting for the five spot, let alone a week ago. If they only had to win one game, they only had to win two games on the road trip. They should have beat Saginaw and that they would have beat Sudbury this team would have been in the four spot in the Eastern Conference. They would have had home ice in the first round. Yeah. And the way they played Barry the last month, they were three for six in the game of the power play. The power play was good this year against Barry. A penalty kill was great against Barry this year. I'm going to go Hamilton in seven. It's an upset, um, but I don't think it's an upset. Honestly, I watched these two teams play closely. I'm not doing it because we cover the team. Um, that's the first thing. I'm not doing that. Um I don't do that, but when I see this team up close day in and day out compared to other teams, there's one thing that there's a reason why this team is the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I know, and hey, Marty Williams is an incredible coach. He's one of the legends in this league, but there's another guy by the name of Jay McKee and staff who Jay McKee should get coach of the year votes for the job he's done in the second half. And I can't, I can't go against Jay. I have too much respect for uh, Jay McKee, Matt Turk and staff um, there and, I have too much respect, so I got to go with Hamilton in seven. Um, Jay McKee has done an incredible job. This this staff, I mean, Ben Bujol is it's the best hockey I've saw him play, and I saw him play a lot in London. That line of Rebello, Jacka, and Bujol tough to play against. It's tough to play against, and you know what? Arbor Jacka is in the NHL. Wait till Florian Jacka is series. Last time they played Barry at a Gordiel hat trick. A guy like that on the four check going into Brant Clark's corner is going to be miserable it's going to be miserable um you don't have that much space on the back end to lead the rush the bulldogs and the the big thing is they're going to make brant clark play defense they're going to make him play in his own end Mm -hmm. quite frankly brant clark has it easy um for a lot of games joining the rush being able to do what he does i mean he's a very good he's a very good player he's the best defenseman in our league by far him and del master are one and two um in my opinion i think brant clark still gets defenseman of the year in the OHL, but the Bulldogs are going to make him defend. Jay McKee knows all about making guys defend. He's, he was a defenseman in the NHL for a long time. 
Um, the way the Bulldogs play on the penalty kill, they block shots. Guys like Grushnikov eat pucks. Uh, they're hard to play against. And, you know, yeah, Brent Clark's incredible. There's going to be a lot of respect in this series for Artem Grushnikov. There's going to be a ton of respect in this series for Artem Grushnikov because Grushnikov isn't going to let guys on Barry come over the blue line easy. Hamilton doesn't let that happen. So that's the one thing to me, and I believe Sahil Panwar is going to be the best forward in this series. I really do. I think Panwar is going to be incredible in this series, and that's why I give the edge in goaltending with Drawback. You saw what he did against Ottawa in multiple 40-game performances. We saw Malbuff against Kitchener on family day with a 4-0 shutout. We saw him beat Ottawa this year as well. We have saw both goaltenders beat the best teams in the Ontario Hockey League this year. I like their goaltending against Barry. Their defense, I like both teams' defense. I, obviously, Brant Clark's a massive piece, but I love the way Hamilton defends. And then I think Sahil Panwar, Nick Clark, is Patrick Thomas. I think that line, and I think Panwar is the best forward in the series. So I got to go Hamilton seven. Our first disagreement in winners uh, yeah. this, the, this playoffs. You've got Hamilton in seven. I take Barry in six. Um, final matchup in the first round of the playoffs, Peterborough and Sudbury. The Peets, the four seed, 35-29, two and two, 74 points on the season. Sudbury Wolves, 31-28, six and three, 71 points on the year. They win the tiebreaker over the Hamilton Bulldogs and a Sudbury Wolves team that, you know, four or five weeks ago, we're in the nine spot. They were out of the playoffs looking in. They move up to fifth. And we talk about the Peterborough Peets. And Colin, you've been on this right since the trade deadline. Um, can guys play without the puck? Will they be able to discover yeah. their game without the puck in the postseason? Um, you know, they've got all the talent in the world to put the puck in the back of the net. Michael Simpson and goal, very capable of throwing up goose eggs in a lot of periods in a series. You know, th this one's intriguing, right? I think I think Peterborough is definitely ahead in goaltending. Um, you know, especially when you look at probably looking at Kevin Brassard, you would think would be the starter for Sudbury and away from the queue. You're kind of thinking if he doesn't start, well, what the heck was the point of kind of going out and getting him? Um, yeah, so he's releasing Joel Ranger. Yeah, so I think Peterborough gets the edge there. And then just who can who can play an all-around team game will win this series. I think Peterborough's going to take it. I think they're going to take it in five or six, but they have to be able to play as a full team and not just a group of players that can snipe and control the play with the puck. They have to be able to find a way to play without the puck and get themselves into positions to score, getting as many opportunities as possible on that Sudbury net. So I am going Peterborough in actually five games, um, just because I think the talent level is so much higher in this, you know, this first round matchup. Like I said, as much as we talk about them not really looking like a full unit past, you know, post trade deadline, I still think the Pizza take this one um, pretty easily. So I'm going Peterborough in five. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you there. I'm going to go Peterborough in five as well. And it'll be interesting if Braden McCallum's in the lineup. You'll have a McCallum versus McCallum. Yeah. I think you got it at least once. Delhi. You got it at yeah, least once. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool one for me being from Delhi. Braden and Landon McCallum, the brothers, have a chance in the playoffs. That'd be pretty cool to see that head to head in the four or five spot as well. And hey, give credit to Sudbury. Sudbury's battled. 
Sudbury wasn't even a playoff spot around the trade deadline time. And I mean, now, let alone you're in the five spot. Yeah. Um, they should be proud of their effort this year. Uh, big question is can Peterborough figure it out? Can Peterborough figure it out? I'm going to go Peterborough in six. Um, Peterborough will win the series. I like their goaltending better. I like their defense better. I like their forwards better. Um, so I and I think Sudbury is going to find a way to win two games in this series. I really do, just because of the way Peterborough's played. It's hard to give Peterborough the trust of not of winning four out of five. Like that's tough to think. Like yeah. they'll win four games out of five. Um, we really haven't saw that this year, um, especially since the trade deadline out of Peterborough. So I'm going to say six games to Pete's win. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, our predictions for the 2023 OHL playoffs. But before we go, Colin, who is your matchup in the OHL championship and who goes Ooh. to the Memorial Cup? Wow, that's a tough one. So I have Windsor over Kitchener, London over Owen Sound, Sarnia over Guelph, Flint over Saginaw. I have Windsor over Flint, Sarnia over London. Windsor, Sarnia, Windsor, and seven. So Windsor's my west. Ottawa over Oshawa, North Bay over Mississauga, Hamilton over Peter over Barry, Peterborough over Sudbury, North Bay over Hamilton in the second round. Or no, Ottawa over Hamilton in the second round, North Bay over Peterborough in the second round, Ottawa, North Bay, North Bay, Windsor in the finals. I'm going to go with Windsor Spitfires. All right. Um, for me, I have Windsor over Kitchener, London over Owen Sound, Sarnia over Guelph, Flint over Saginaw. Um, I go Windsor over Flint. I go Sarnia over London. Um, and then I have Sarnia beating Windsor in the Western Conference Finals. I think Sarnia wow. gets to the OHL Championship this year. Um then, of course, in the East, go Ottawa over Oshawa, North Bay over Mississauga, Barrie over Hamilton, Peterborough over Sudbury. Um, I go Ottawa over Peterborough, North Bay over Barrie. I go North Bay over Ottawa. North Bay um, goes to the Memorial Cup, beating Sarnia in the OHL Championship. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think I we'll the, post that. I think we'll post that on our on our Twitter or Instagram the, right yeah, before game I'm, one or night one, I should say, of the OHL playoffs. But that's kind of who we're looking at um, this year. Yeah, I have, it, I have it typed out right now, actually, for um, um, my notes. Reach. If you want to send it over to me on your phone, if you type it out in your notes, send it over to yeah. me. I'll put it up on the Instagram and Twitter right now for the first round. We won't do our predictions for the full playoffs until uh, after each round. But uh, – we can th- say who we think is going to win. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And of course, anyone, if you disagree with us, feel free to let us know on uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, whichever platform you enjoy using the most. I would expect it to not be Facebook, but I'm sure there are a few people out there that um, use Facebook the majority of the time. Of course, that is at the OHL in 60 podcast on all three of those platforms let us know if you agree let us know if you disagree um let us know if you think we're out of our freaking minds let us know if you think we're geniuses but i doubt you'll <laughs> you know i'm gonna hear it i've never been called a genius once in my life but uh yeah it's 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 a 
well, screw Christmas. It's one of the most wonderful times of the year. And I mean, it for, for us, Colin, I think this week is, is even more special, right? You look at the um, OHL playoffs getting underway you know, mid this week. It is also the return of baseball opening day is this week oh, as yeah. well. So a big week for us, the Ontario Hockey League playoffs and the return of Major go Jays. baseball. No, absolutely not. Let's go Tigers. I got the go Tigers Jays. shirt on today. Go I got Jays. the Tigers shirt go on Jays. today. Hey, opening day. Home opener. Blue Jays home opener. Would you win the at lottery? The, I can't afford those tickets. At the new concrete jungle. Yeah. Man, I'm going to poor man's opening day in Detroit. So the Saturday, the second home game of the year against the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> you know what they say? You know what they say? You know what they say about poor man's opening day? That's where you find your team. Because opening, opening day, you get the best effort out of your team. I mean, the Oakland Athletics will win opening day, and then they'll, get, yeah. then they'll lose yeah. the next 10. Yeah. That's when you find out what your team is on opening day. So that's a good one. That's the best game to go to on the second game. Because yeah. the first game, everyone's like, oh, this is our year. This is our year. And the, that team wins. All of a sudden, we're going to win the World Series. Next thing you know, the game two is the game. That's when you get to see what your team is. Man, that, that was the Tigers. So, by the way, I'd like to – uh, give a shout out to the Detroit Tigers for still having opening day tickets less than 50 bucks because I stood behind home plate for 30 bucks. And yeah, you can say all you want about standing. You ain't going to get that in Toronto. So um, I would just hey, like 20 to, bucks to general like admission to in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. In the right field, 500 level. Good luck with that. There's a bunch. Uh, no, I was looking that. at that. No, hey, you know what? The bullpen would be great. The bullpen would be a cool experience. I'm looking at that in the summer. That'd be cool in the summertime. Um, general admission, go on a Friday night. You have to break the bank. Well, obviously, you break the bank going to the Brinks, uh, Brinks Dome in Toronto. <laughs> the Brinks Dome. But, yeah, that, that was, was a, a fun one, one this week. It was, absolutely. Everybody, enjoy the playoffs. Um, any baseball fans out there, enjoy opening day as well because it's a song, it's something we like to celebrate as well. But uh, in terms of this show, um, get ready for a couple of months of, of awesome hockey. And, of course, that includes the Memorial Cup coming up once the playoffs have concluded. So, everybody, enjoy it. Uh, hope your team's in it. If not, better luck next year. But uh, for everyone that is will be participating or attending an OHL playoff game, uh, enjoy it. It's always a good time. That's for sure. Uh, for Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will chat again in seven days.